Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. There are millions of job openings across the country, and yet there are still millions of people out of work or people leaving, quitting their jobs. So, what's causing the disconnect between workers and employers? How do we fill those jobs? Brent Orell from American Enterprise Institute is here to discuss this with us, uh, the factors that are causing some of these gaps and some really unique things I think uh, uh, we all can learn from as we move along. Brent, thanks for joining us today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. So let's let's start uh, with kind of the, the premise uh, that you've written about, uh, the great disappearing worker. Uh, give us just a, a good snapshot of where are we really uh, when it comes to the American worker? Uh, well, where we are really is in a place that I don't think we've ever been, at least in the memory of uh, everybody listening to this conversation. Um, we've never been in a situation in which the labor market uh, was as tight as it is right now. Uh, as you mentioned, we've got about 10 million job openings, and we've got around 8 million uh, or so people who are actively looking for work. Um, and uh, I didn't do that well in math in uh, high school, but uh, that's a tight labor market. Um, about less than one worker for all the available jobs. And then you add into that that we can't just magically match the current workers to the in-demand jobs because of the differences between the skills of the of the people seeking work and the, and the jobs that are available. Um, and there are also geographic mismatches and all sorts of complicating factors. So, uh, but even if we could, we'd still be uh, a couple million workers short. So the question is, where are those 2 million workers? Um, what happened to them? Um, and the answer to that um, is, uh, you know, it has several different pieces to it. Yeah, well, let's let's dive into that a little bit. I, I think it is interesting. Uh, of course, we saw the, the big number of uh, those leaving, quitting uh, in the month of August, I think was a little head scratching for uh, a lot of those who follow these things closely. Uh, and part of that, of course, maybe just uh, suddenly they've realized they, they have some leverage or they have a little more flexibility in terms of maybe working part time from home and part time in the office. Uh, what are some of the things that you've noticed in that space? And then we'll get into the skills gap in a second. 
Yeah, that August number um, on quits uh, is really astonishing. It's about 3% of the entire workforce. We have 153 million workers in this country. About 3% of them quit their jobs uh, in August alone. Uh, that's uh, equivalent to um, about 4.5 million people, mm. which is larger, actually, than the city of Los Angeles. So if you to put it in perspective, that's a lot of people who quit their jobs. Uh, so why, uh, what are they doing? What are they trying to do? Most of those people are just trying to get a better job. They're, they're, they're taking advantage of a tight labor market by looking for increases in salary and benefits and flexibility. And so there's a lot of churn in the labor market. The, the problem for those folks is that most of them are quitting in the same sectors where the most jobs are available, right? So service sector, retail, hospitality, those kinds of jobs, that's where a lot of the demand is, but it's also where people are quitting from. And so I, we don't know this. We've got a lot of people who are saying, I'll take 50 cents uh, more an hour yeah. to do basically the same kind of job. Uh, and they're just, they're just switching because in order to get the better jobs, they're going to need more training, and that takes time. Um, and most people don't have that kind of time. Um, you know, they can't they can't take six months off to get a credential. Yeah, um, to get the better job. Yeah, I, I think that's a, such an interesting thing that a lot of them are going to end up in the same sectors uh, because they don't have that up uh, upside opportunity in terms of skill set. And, and I want to get into one area that you pointed out that I have been harping on forever, and that is the soft skills side. So there's one thing yeah. in terms of mismatch, in terms of, of those hard skills, technical skills, specific skills. You also talked about geography in terms of matching uh, jobs and location. But talk to us about the soft skills gap that we're seeing in the country today. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been in this business of workforce development for over 20 years, and I will tell you that the entire time I have been doing this work, uh, I have heard from employers that the real problem is not uh, technical skills. Employers feel like that if they've got a good employee, they can train for whatever they need to have done once they get the person who's who's got these soft skills. But the problem is, they say uh, that uh, that people don't have the soft skills they need. So what do they mean by that? Um, typically what they're talking about is a cluster of skills that we could probably kind of group under communication. Uh, it, it has to do with um, communication, teamwork, collaboration, uh, getting along with others, um, all sorts of um, behaviors that actually, you know, we don't sit people down in classrooms and train them how to do that, actually. That's something that most people pick up along the way in school and in their family and uh, in community organizations, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And, you know, they, they, they learned it on sports teams and they, it sort of gradually, those, those abilities kind of gradually accumulate. So we, it, it's harder, much harder um, to train, train for that in a classroom setting. And it's harder as people get older. So by the time you're in your early adulthood, if you don't have these kinds of skills, uh, it can be a steep climb to learn um, how to do this, uh, how to do how to how to manifest these kinds of skills uh, on the job. There are some very good um, training programs out there uh, for technical skills in IT and healthcare and manufacturing. 
which I've written about, that try to integrate uh, technical skill training with soft skill training, and it does work. Um, and it requires a lot of effort and a very carefully structured program in order to do it. Yeah, and that is, uh, to me, that is always a leadership issue in, in organizations. It also goes back to our education, that those those soft skills, those communication skills, uh, I've had so many people who say, you know, we, we just can't get anyone who can talk to another human being or who can collaborate right. and be in teams. And, and of yeah. course, the, the skill that I'm always harping on is, you know, learn to write. <laughs> just, you know, yeah. being able to communicate yeah. in an email or a letter uh, is becoming a lost art as well. Well, these are all and, really – oh, go ahead, Brent. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I think we need to have a lot of empathy for people who are struggling with this. Uh, it, it, it is not because they are sort of intrinsically bad people. It's that – they frequently have come up in circumstances that have been, uh, you know, unstable mm. uh, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Uh, it could be divorce. It could be single parent household. It could be uh, death of a parent, which is a big problem right now with yeah. COVID. We've yeah. seen a lot of COVID orphans up there. So those kinds of things, um, you know, people aren't, it's not their fault, right? It's like, you have to, somebody has to show you, model for you day in and day out how to do these things. If you don't have those models, then it's very hard to learn. So we need to have empathy, I think, for people who don't have them, recognize that this is a problem that's built on uh, a bunch of other problems um, in American society relating, I think, chiefly to family structure. Yeah. Great, great insight. Brent Orell, Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Great insight here. We'll have you back. I want to continue this discussion. Appreciate you joining us today. I'd love to. Thanks so much. All right. I, I think that he has hit on some of those critical things, that it is those soft skills, and yeah, it takes leadership to develop those. You have to have organizations that are committed to that, uh, that are willing to invest in people uh, because again, you can have all the technical skills in an industry, but if you can't communicate, uh, if you can't work as a team, if you can't collaborate and solve problems, uh, you're not going to be able to be really effective and you're not going to have that opportunity to rise and have new opportunities to manage, to lead, to do other things. Uh, and it is the, these soft skills, uh, that we have to develop that we often uh, are hoping, uh, get picked up along the way. And in many cases in our society today, They simply aren't. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, the Department of Veteran Affairs is making a big change to how they offer health care to our service members. And it's got some veterans very concerned. Uh, Darren Selnick, Senior Advisor of Concerned Vets for America, will join us next to talk about it. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.